0: That um, been out about a little bit and been doing a bit of jiggery pokery, so I'm a little bit late tonight. And there's loads of questions, it's almost like this thing has got popular. I don't know what's going on. I'm normally having to drag out the questions or at least drag out the answers. But you know what, tonight I think I'll have to go for it because I've got loads of questions. Um, and I hope that uh, I'll get more questions. So feel free to ask questions live if you uh, feel the need. Um, but and I'm hoping I've got all the got kept track of all the questions we've had this week. I answer them all. I hope I don't miss anyone out and get anyone be offended. But um, what's that you say? What is this? Well, I tell you what this is. This is every Tuesday at seven pm. Well, seven pm ish. Live Q and A with yours truly, oh. Stiano so on plastic surgeon. If you have anything to say, please comment. And if you don't have anything to say, please share. And even if you do have something to say, please comment and share. So sharing goes for everyone. Commenting goes just for those people who want to comment. So comment and share, share and comment. Um, oh, my Lord alive. Please don't tell me. Oh, thank goodness for that. Oh, my God. I thought I didn't save that agenda. Oh, wow. That is save i'm going to save that guys right now because i've just spent half an hour more questions in um Gemma, pick up yourself hello how are you doing um uh, you got any questions chip yourself right in here because i'll be happy to answer them but uh, we're cracking on with this question here which is do patients need to sign an agreement for a blood transfusion for surgery so a good question that oh by the way someone else wasn't this patient but someone else said about being anonymous and they want to be anonymous everyone's anonymous i, I just my default position is anonymity um it's very um, um this isn't gonna well. i can't think of the words it's very sort of uh, personal this sort of surgery that i do in fact most doctors do so. We're all um, we're all um, hi, Steph. You know, right. uh, um, so we're all very aware that people don't. Not everybody wants to um, to people people to know. So my default position is that, that everything anonymous, and all these questions are anonymous, and I don't mention any names or anything. If people want to chip in and say thank you sort of implying I was answering their questions sort of thing that's up to them but if you want to just quietly just hear my answer to your question and not put out who you are and that you've asked the question I'm never going to say oh this is a you know this is a question from so and so so Just, uh, yeah, so everything's anonymous um, because it's just safer to be that way. I don't want to upset anyone. So uh, this anonymous question has come in (laughs) from an anonymous individual saying, do you have an assignment agreement for blood transfusion for surgery? So that that is, um, there are some people, um, right. So we don't, I don't normally talk much about blood transfusions for surgery, certainly for the surgeries that I do because blood transfusions are very rarely needed. uh, for any operation that i do um to be honest with you uh, it's extremely rare to need a blood transfusion uh, maybe something like a large breast reduction possibly a tummy tuck particularly particularly if you had a, a, a complication like a hematoma you might possibly need a blood transfusion but in those circumstances they are usually because you feel a bit weak and wobbly a couple of days after surgery and you would feel better quicker by having a blood transfusion. So it's very rare to sort of need an emergency blood transfusion for cosmetic surgery. There's no operation that I do that we've ever needed that. Um, and it's, as I say, it's usually um, something that comes a bit later on. And if you said to me you don't want it, and you'd rather it came, it got better on its own, you can do that. You probably take a few months for it to get better on its own, whereas a blood transfusion could make it come back much more quickly. Um, but that is the situation for blood transfusions and cosmetic surgery. I'm thinking this question is specifically asked because the patient doesn't want a blood transfusion. So there are individuals, particularly Jehovah's Witness and things, who don't want a blood transfusion. And in those circumstances where you specifically don't want a blood transfusion, there is a a, a form to sign, an agreement to sign to say that you don't want one. So we'd have dis- a discussion about that and what that would really come down to, that if you were going to die, um, if you didn't have the transfusion, uh, would you, you know, would that, would you rather that would happen or would you allow us to give you a blood transfusion if it was a life and death situation? Um, and we would have that discussion with you, as I say, never say never, it's never happened, you know, it could happen, I guess, conceivably for, for, a, an operation. So I suppose it's good. It's good. Well, not, I suppose it is good to have that conversation if you're uh, adamant that you don't want a blood transfusion, but what we would say to you is that we wouldn't, we don't give blood transfusions to people uh, w- um, sort of just willy-nilly, and uh, if you wanted to make it clear you didn't want one, we would then say to you, well, okay, we won't give you one, but what if you're in, it was in a life-and-death situation? And you might say, st- st- stay, say still, even in a life-and-death situation, I don't want a blood transfusion, in which case you can um, sign that form and then uh, as long as we're all... Uh, comfortable with that. Um, and we have been in that situation before where people have signed that form and, um, you know, that's their decision and that's fine. And as I say, it's so unlikely to happen anyway um, for for any sort of uh, cosmetic procedures, but it's something to, yeah, something to to be aware of pre-op pre, uh, pre uh, op and get that sorted out pre-op. I think this patient's asking because they got cancelled or got, got turned down from someone else because they said they wouldn't allow them not to have a blood transfusion. So maybe everyone's different, but uh, that's my view. And uh, we'd have a discussion with anaesthetists and we have done pretty big operations on people who have decided not to have a blood transfusion. Well, I say pretty big, I'm, thinking, well, I'm just thinking about a tummy tuck and things like that. So it's a very big operation. So I turn my back and I, and I look back and there's goodness knows what's going on here. What have we got? Gemma's. Oh, oh, we saw that one. Hello. Hi, Steph. Hi, Rachel. Look at this, D, good God. Gemma's now saying hello to Rachel on the chat. My god, people are talking to each other. Daniel, what are you doing, Daniel? You're laughing. Alright, what's happened? Sorry, I sent that by accident. Oh, <laughs> All right, okay. That's what's happening. Hello, go. Hi, Mr. Butt. Oh, here we go. Mr. Butt. MR is not MR is not a traditional um, abbreviation. All right. So Perfectly um, within my rights to think that was Mr. Butt, uh, but um, anyway, go. I've got time to hang about here, girls. Right, we've got to get going. Uh, like to know the tattoo. This I'm not sure how well this one works for the Facebook live because someone's asked if their tattoo is suitable for excision, and Lucy's put it in my list here. So um, I really probably need to show you the photo of the tattoo to make it um, for for public consumption um but um but maybe i so the answer is yes i think it is not not a great place it's up here it's like a line up here of words so the thing about the tattoo excision you've got to think you don't like your tattoo maybe because of where it is and maybe where your bikini and people see it you can have a scar in the same place and that's not a great place for a scar so that's the thing to think about i think oh, i don't like this tattoo i want to get rid of it if i take if i get rid of it by excision i'm going to give you a big long scar so that's not a great place for a scar. So that's the only thing I'd say. And some of the big italic letters I think might not come out in one go. So you'll end up with a scar with a bit of ink on either side of the scar. If you wanted that ink removed, then at least three months later, probably three to six months later, you could always go back and have have that bit of ink removed. But um, yeah, that's one thing to consider. That it would leave you a scar. So I normally say to people at trial, I think this tattoo is black. Oh, it's just there. Yeah, it is black. So you could try laser and things because laser maybe might be a, might be a Better option potentially, um, but yeah, um, let's get on. Come on, question two. Question two is oh that was question two. Question three: Do we offer punch excision for burn scars? Um, I'm not sure what that means. Burn scars. Um, well. It's a bit funny when you talk about excision for scars because excision is going to cause a scar. Usually, punch excisions are for things like um, the acne scars, but I guess it's sort of like ice pick scars. They're called like little dents. So I guess a burn scar could be a dent. So do we? And it's, it's punch excision is just little circular sort of um, sort of blade which cuts a circle out. So we can cut dented scars out. Yeah, we can. And then, but it will leave you with a scar and you've got to hope the scar doesn't dent in and is better than the original scar. Um, yeah, we can do that. We can do, we can do that, but it might dent in again. But yeah, we can do that. Yep. Um, do, we... <laughs> do we do fat transfer to the buttocks? No. Do a lot of fat transfer, but well, actually, I don't do that much transfer. I don't know why I said that. I don't do much. I used to do a lot, I used to do loads, um, but fat transfer to the buttocks is uh, there's been a lot in the press about it and getting fat fat embolus uh, into big big blood vessels that are there and fatalities, people dying and all sorts. So it's something that uh, it's it's that we don't do. I went to a meeting just gone in uh, last week. Uh, what is it today? Yeah, last week um, and uh, in Brussels. And they're talking about fat, uh, sorry, uh, buttock implants, which was very interesting. It was very interesting to see that meeting. Uh, they do say the dangerous time to go to, to have surgery is after people come back from meetings because everyone wants to try the new things. Don't worry. I'm not going to try buttock implants, but I was sort of was sort of tempted, but I thought maybe it's something we need to offer at my clinic. I'm trying to expand up the clinic now. I'm trying to scale the clinic now and make it more than just about me. Um, so I'm getting other surgeons in and things. And um, so thinking more about that, I think, well, maybe we should be offering that sort of thing. As I said, I don't think it'll be me. The whole thing about the clinic is having specialists doing stuff. Um, But maybe, maybe Mr. Butt could help me on that. Um, Maybe we should think about that. But in the answer is to the question is no, we don't do it at the moment. So no. And I don't really know anyone does do it either. We talk about this at the the meeting. Um, I think, you know, particularly with implants, I think it's not really been anyone, anyone certainly in this country has really embraced it and really um made it a thing so um unfortunately i haven't really got anyone that i can suge- suggest to you to, to um to do does specialize in that does have expertise in it so um yeah d good god good god nikki hello nice to see you um question five and by the way i have got wait for it 17. Woo, awesome that's not to mention the questions i'm going to get coming in live um hopefully um set what, five how long do you need to wait after consultation before having surgery and why so just looking for the real Rachel's in with a question come on so how long where's which way oh well, I'm looking at my main because I haven't been able to get all of it on sometimes, sometimes there's more to that no there's no more to that question that is the question um right it depends what it is So we do see in treat clinics for moles, cysts, minor ops, which can be done under local anesthetic at the clinic. So then you don't have to wait any time after after consultation. You can have a consultation, have it removed, have your mole removed, your cyst, your split earlobe, your inverted nipple, areola reduction, things like that under local anesthetic, we do see in treat. So you can come and have it done at the same time there, what we would call minor procedures. I know there's no such thing as a minor procedure because everything's major in the patient's eyes, but they're under local anaesthetic and they're sort of slightly less invasive. So there's no waiting list on those if you want to have it done as a see and treat, you can do that as a a see and treat, but you have to book it before, you have to book the appointment as a see and treat before. Um, But I suspect this is talking more about the general uh, anaesthetic cases, tummy tucks, breast reductions, breast implants, stuff like that. So, two points, number one point is the BARPS, the British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons of which uh, I'm a member and everyone at the clinic is either BARPS or BAPRAS members. You've got to look for your surgeon to be a member of these sorts of associations. Because if you're a member of these sorts of associations, you're bound by a code of conduct. And uh, which means that if I, or any of our, uh, us, uh, do something that you deem to be um, unethical or um, you, um, you know, sort of against, you don't think it's very good. Um, for of a better way of saying it, you can um, com- you complain or re- you know report us to BARPs, and we will you know because we are held to account to to work to a certain standard. And one of the BARPs criteria are that you have to give it at least a two week cooling off period, like a credit card, so uh, you can't have surgery within two weeks. So that's a definite. You've got to wait two weeks for the for the of cases. The other thing you've got to think about is. Um, um, where we can fit it in in the diary because often we can't fit it in within two weeks. And also these are all big ops. You shouldn't really be having it too soon. You've got to think about stuff because I know there's the internet you can do all your research on the internet, but you know, we might say something to you that you might have not have thought about it or you, we'll tell you all the complications, all the bad things that happen. You need to have time to digest that and think about whether surgery is right for you. So two weeks is the minimum, but we encourage you to take as long as you want and certainly longer than that and come back for a second consultation and, and things like that. And the why thing is so you have time to consider it. Next, question. Yeah. Oh, we got some questions live. Oh, sorry, I will. Oh, i preparing the muscle joint. Is it possible the muscle can be prepared to tight, which causes pain one year, put on so can we be... put right? Are you okay to part of it? Oh, look at that. Right, uh, Ray. Oh my lord, alive, Gemma. Woo Woo. Look at this. We're we're cooking. We are cooking. To... I'm going to do this one because I put it on screen. Then I'm going to then I'm going to go to Rachel feel like I'm in a sort of light then I'm going to go to you Rachel and then you Ruth and then you Gemma and then we're going to back to question where am I I'm on question tell me that's question six so when we do that then I'm going to go do yours and then I go back to question seven so two six is tummy tuck stroke plasty with a high BMI can this be done it can be done but it's not advisable to be done because uh, we normally work on a BMI of 30 several reasons for this first of all if your bmi is over 30 your risk of complications is higher Um, but it's not like a magical thing happens at 30 but generally speaking the higher your bmi the greater your risk of complications so from a medical point of view it's better to have a lower bmi uh, to reduce your risk of complications things like wound healing problems pneumonias dvts um, all these sorts of things are less if you have a lower bmi but the other thing which is something which is sort of that i would really worry about is if you say to people look um, you want to lose weight they're like yeah i I want to lose weight but i've got this big tummy and i can't lose weight and if i can get my tummy sorted out then i'll be able to get exercise better and go to the gym better i understand that but the reason you need a tummy tuck or the reason people need a tummy tuck is because that skin has been stretched and the things that stretch are either pregnancy or putting on weight put on weight it all gets stretched you lose weight the stretching force goes you're left with all this redundant skin And a tummy tuck tightens all that skin so if you're like oh i can't lose weight because i've got this big tummy tuck piece here you can do the tummy tuck fine but then if you lose weight after you've had your tummy tuck you might get more redundant skin there which i could have made tighter if you had lost the weight first so it's always best to lose weight first so you might think oh please doctor do me a favor and do it now well you know because i can't lose any more weight actually we'd be doing you a disservice by doing that because you get a better result less risk of complications if you can get your weight down now the problem sometimes come when people have lost a significant amount of weight they've had a bmi of 45 and they've got it down to 35 or 33 or something like that. So it's still above 30, but they've lost like 10 BMI points or something, which is a huge BMI, a huge weight loss. So sometimes we do operate on people with a BMI higher than 30 because they say, look, I've lost a huge amount of weight. You know, I'm not going to be able to lose any more. And, and you know, I'm comfortable with my weight now. I'm stable with my weight now, but I want to get rid of this uh, apron. And we'll have the conversation with them. And so those, so we do do it sometimes with BMI over 30, but um but um, the advice is always best to wait, if you can wait. High BMI, can this be done? That was question six, okay. So, Rachel, I said to go to you, Rachel. Rachel, what you got? When repairing the muscle during tummy attack, is it possible the muscle can be repaired too tight, which causes pain one year post-op, and if so, can it be put right? Good question, God, that's a good question, that is. Um, well, the one year, well, is it possible that the muscle can be reared too tight? Well. Yeah, and be painful. Yes, it is painful and it can be quite tight and it can cause problems. But one year, no, I don't think one year. I think that's unlikely, Rachel, and I would worry that something else is going. So certainly in the immediate post-operative period, it is painful and you could argue, well, that's a bit too tight. But it gives, everything gives. That's how we work. um, That's how we operate in, in plastic surgery. We make everything really tight. And then three months later, it gives and we can do stuff again. That's why you can do serial excision of big tattoos. That's why you can tissue expand a scalp with with a big balloon and stitch and, you know, blow it up. Because it's really tight to start off with. and then three weeks or a week later, you can blow it up even more. So everything gives. So a year post-op, I don't think that would be due to the tightness, Rachel. I think it would be more due to something else that would worry me. And then there's two things I'd be thinking of. Number one thing I'd be thinking of is have you got abdominal pain for another reason? Are you putting it down to your tummy tuck and the muscle repair? But is there something else going in your tummy? Gallstones, renal colic, I don't know. You know, the GP might be able to help you with that. And the other thing is if it is related to your tummy tuck, you said, as soon as I had the tummy tuck, it was there and I didn't have it before. And, uh, you know, it's definitely related to the tummy tuck. Have they caught a nerve or something with that repair? Or is this, a, you know, is it nerve type pain? Um, is there something that's been caught in it or something more functional rather than just being? too tight I think being too tight is unlikely but something might have been caught and um, you know it should have scarred up so can it be put right well I think the thing to put it right would be to take that stitch out depends on what stitch you've had used I use um, sometimes I use a permanent sometimes use a dissolvable suture the dissolvable suture takes a long time to dissolve but if you had a dissolvable suture a year ago there probably be nothing there if you've got a permanent suture it might be possible to go back and take that permanent suture out just in case it is catching something it's quite a big job to be honest because you probably have to quite open quite a lot of your scar and because uh, the, t- the suture goes right up to your breastbone so that's quite a big job um, and i'd maybe think about seeing a pain specialist or something before then perhaps or 1st of all see your gp to see if there's any other reason for your for your pain but then yeah maybe a pain specialist just just to be checked that there's nothing that we can exclude first before doing some big surgery to take the stitch out and then maybe not having any effect so that's, sorry to hear that rachel if you're having a pain a year post-op that's pretty bad um uh and the advice is always go to your original surgeon uh, rachel they know what they've done they know where the stitches are what sort of stitches they've used so yeah good luck um johanna hi ruth are you okay to fly after six months having breast implants yes a lot of people have breast implants people who work on on airplanes you know um cabin crew and things like that so that's absolutely fine. People have this, there's a bit of a myth really about flying and diving and the pressure and all that. But the cabin's pressurized, absolutely fine. The main thing about flying is as long as everything's healed and uh, and what have you, the scars might be a bit red. Maybe at six months, you've got to be careful with having it in the sun, but certainly flying is fine. Yeah, Ruth, no problem at all with that. Um, Gemma, how complex is it to move a nipple that has been placed too high after a breath lift and how long after the original surgery should you wait to have it rectified? Gemma this is um i will not say everyone's because uh but this is a nightmare this is a nightmare um and putting a nipple too high is maybe it's a bit harsh and i'll be a bit really bad news it doesn't look good especially if it's peeping up over the bra it's a real problem and um that's a bad thing so that's you know there's a Things that we, when we're doing surgery, when we're doing breast lifts, breast reductions, or say we, particularly me, but you know, one of the things I really worry about is the position of the nipple. And I think um, that is crucial. And the main thing is don't put it high, you know, put it low, fine. If you put it low, oh, I think they're still a bit droopy and they don't look very good or whatever, you know, can sort of live with that. You put it high, looks weird and and can, can poke up above your bra. So it's a bad thing. So I'm sorry, Gemma. It's a complex thing to do because when you move a nipple, you leave a scar where it was. So when the nipple's low, you can move it up, and you leave a vertical scar below it. But that's okay because it's hidden underneath the bra. If the nipple is hidden, is uh, visible with a bra on, and you lower the nipple, you will leave a scar where the nipple was. So you'll have a scar, a a nipple with a scar going above it. So there'll be a scar there. That's why it's a problem because it leaves a scar where the nipple was it depends. So there's a couple of things. Gemma is tricky. It's a tricky thing. How complex it is complex. One thing you could try and do, you could try and make an ellipse, not you, surgeon, um, you could try and make an ellipse and cinch it down to bring it down and keeping just a circum scar. It might elongate the nipple so it makes it into an oblong shape and it might not bring it down enough. The other thing you've got to look at is you've got to look at the geometry of the breast. Sometimes if, if you've got, have you got an implant? Oh, you had a breast lift. Okay. So sometimes if the uh, inframammary fold or certainly if you've got implants in, if that's too low, it can make the nipple look too high and vice versa. If the, the, the implant's too high, it can make the nipple look too low. I know you haven't got an implant, but, you know, just looking at the geometry of the breast, it, you know, if the inframammary fold was brought up higher, could that make the nipple be in the same place and look okay? Does that make sense? So it's a complex problem, Gemma, and uh, it's something you need to, to um, talk to your surgeon about. But it's, if you are just going to purely move the nipple, there's a risk of leaving a scar up straight up from the nipple, which isn't great. So that's, yeah, that's a tricky one, um, Gemma. Amy, I better, I'll put a I'll of these, how, dog, hi, the dog. Ear removal after tummy tuck. Is there much of recovery, or is it straightforward? Straightforward, Amy, Amy, straightforward. Um, re- what was that? Um, oh, I've got an email. Could your team? That's a bit late. Could you or your team please resend your photo? Mm, okay. Um, straightforward, Amy. I say straightforward. Depends on how big it is. Usually they're quite small. It's big, but usually they're quite small. Local anaesthetic, waterproof dressing dissolve suture, uh, in and out the same day, um, might want to take the day off work, but back to work the next day, dressing off after a week, scar's a bit red, there might be little residual dog ears and get the scar to settle, but actually the procedure itself is usually relatively straightforward, Amy, local anesthetic, and, and unless they're, not, they're not really big ones, but that's usually something relatively simple to do. Makes the scar a bit longer is the only thing, so you, know, you have to accept the scar will be a bit longer and... And um, and and a bit red to start off with. Julie, have I missed the answer about breast reduction by liposuction? Um, you haven't missed it. I haven't said it. Is it on my? Yes, it's on my list. It's number twelve. Number twelve, um, Julie. It's on the list. We're on number seven at the moment, um, but it's definitely there. God, what have we got here? Goodness, goodness me. Have I missed? Right, got that. Zoe, whoa, this is, I don't know what's happened. This is, this is, blimey, this is fame, this is. Um, How long should it take for muscle repair to stop hurting? So is it, Zoe, was it you that asked me about the year thing? Oh, no, that was Rachel. Um, Um... I normally say it's going to be really sore to start. Well, no, actually it varies, it varies. And you know, when you do it, you, you put um, local anesthetic in the rectus sheath and things like that. So it's hopefully it's not too bad, um, but you know, by the tone of your question, I'm guessing it's hurting. <laughs> so sometimes it can hurt a bit and it can be a bit sore to start off with. And sometimes if you sort of bend over, you can take a bit of tension off it or the tension takes more tension off the skin than the muscle repair. But muscle repair can be uncomfortable. So what I say, the first week is going to be pretty uncomfortable. Second week, it might be better. Um, third and fourth week should be starting to get better. I really think say things really start to settle down at, at three months. So I think after sort of four to six weeks, hopefully the, it will be getting better. But certainly at three months, I would really hope that things will be getting better. You know, if if it's really hurting at three months in terms of if it's not getting better, then you think, hold on a minute, what's going on here? That's un- really unusual. So I'm going to say... Um, Week, few weeks, uh, Zoe, but if it's still hurting at three months, I'd say that's pretty, pretty not not normal. Um, Rachel, I asked for a lady in my group, so thank you. You're very welcome, Rachel. Um, and I hope that she is uh, okay. And I would say that she, yeah, I would get that investigated, Rachel. If you've got if it's pain for a year after, um, after tummy tuck, I would say that's something that you she, she's first put code going to the GP. Um, in case there's something else, it's something else, and then then the then um, the surgeon see if there's anything else they can do. Ruth, hello, thank you. You're very welcome, uh, Ruth. Thank you for asking the question. Uh, this is all about you, remember, not me. Uh, Steph, would you stroke? Have you done surgery on someone with diabetes? I haven't got it, but thought it might be useful to know. Steph, that is excellent. Steph, you got I've got a question here about diabetes and tummy tuck. So I can do that. I can knock that one out. No, oh, the was question nine that was tummy tuck with type two diabetes. Um so thanks Steph for that. That's it's almost like we planned it. Have I done it? Yes, Steph. Of course I have. I've done loads of tummy tucks on diabetes people. Well, I don't know about tummy tucks, but I've the diabetes is a is you know a common thing. And it's a bit like do you remember that one we had the other week with um autoimmune disease? It's a bit like that. Um so um so um, yes, you can do it, but you talk to your endocrinologist or your GP or whoever the um, the person looking after your diabetes is to make sure your diabetes is optimized because uh, we have these absolute and relative contraindications. It's not an absolute contraindication. It's actually, you can have a tummy tuck or a breast reduction or whatever it is with, if you've got diabetes, but you have got higher risk of infection with diabetes. Um, and so you've got a re- you know, things like tummy tucks and breast reductions, they have got problems associated with them, wound healing problems, infections, and that can be a bit of a, uh, a bit of a big deal. So, um, you will increase your risk of these things if you've got diabetes. So the first thing is to check that your endocrinologist, your GP, whoever's looking after your diabetes is happy with you having surgery. Uh, and particularly if your diabetes is bad at the moment and is uh, your medications have been changed and they're trying to get on top of it and get your sugars better controlled, you'll probably wait until things are stabilized and as good as they're going to get. Once things are stabilized and as good as they're going to get, then you have to make a decision as to whether you um, are happy to take on the increased risks of surgery, given that you've got diabetes and you've got the increased risk of uh, infection. And if you are happy with that, then it's got discussion with your surgery, then then um, you can have surgery, in my view. But uh, but you have got a higher risk, and um, but I wouldn't say that would mean... You can't have it, you know. We we had a patient it's a while ago now, and she had a continuous pump of insulin. She had really brittle diabetes and was on a continuous infusion of insulin. So you can do surgery on people with diabetes, but you have to have a discussion with them, talk to the endocrinologist, and make sure everything's optimized before surgery. Great question there. How many reverse tummy tucks have you done, D? Hardly any, um, single figures. Um, it's not a big. Op- it's not a big part of my. Uh, repertoire last reverse tummy tuck i did was probably um i'll probably get it wrong years ago like many years ago three four i don't know several years ago hardly ever do reverse tummy tucks d um pretty rare i think so anyway i don't i don't think i've done one in the last few years that's for sure yeah so um yeah I guess I'm not the man for reverse tummy tucks. To be honest, I don't know if anyone is. The I don't know if anyone does a lot of reverse tummy tucks. Not many people need it. Um, you know, if you've got a bit of fullness here, you might want to do a bit of lipo. As I said before, not at the time of a tummy tuck, but reverse tummy tucks is somewhat is a massive weight loss thing. Usually, when there's some fo- fold, you don't you've done a tummy tuck and there's folds here. Um, you know, quite big folds here, and then you make a sort of what's called a rooftop incision, which is underneath the um, breasts, joining in the middle, and you pull the... T- the, the breast up so so sorry d i haven't got a huge experience of reverse tummy tucks um but i've got to say if you do a tummy tuck you it's similar to a tummy tuck but it's just at the top top end i missed the last video um it's all right d it's fine you not have to w- watch them all but thanks for thanks for being here tonight as i would say and commenting nice one rachel nice one thank you <laughs> Junie. good to see you melissa how are you doing nice to see you melissa loves this man all right which man um zoe thank you i'm just over three months but it's still sore yeah that's bad zoe just over three months is it getting better though that's the thing if it's getting better then i'll be um then i'd be happy about that but if it's not getting better i'll be thinking oh you know what's going on there but um yeah yeah steph thanks for that uh, you are a mind reader i'm very well because you did the type 2 1 diabetes uh good to see you, melissa uh hi jonathan have you ever performed breast enlargement surgery on someone with an ileostomy um, not that I can remember. No, Lindsay, I haven't. Um, I might have done. I, I don't. I, not that I can remember. No, I'm not doing very well. I've done many times, many times. <laughs> haven't done the first times. Haven't done it. But again, it's like anything. There's no problem with that. I mean, the ileostomy is quite far away. Um, you'd isolate it. Uh, the only thing is, again what's the situation with the ileostomy what's the, the main thing that i would be worried about um lindsay is your nutrition is your nutrition up to speed and are you you know if you state, if you've had it for years and you're stable and everything then i would not um not oh um not um <laughs> if you're stable with nutrition i would not worry about it uh, lindsay um so uh yeah uh, I, I don't think I've done one. So if you're looking for a surgeon who's particularly done one with an ileostomy, to be honest with you, Lindsay, I'm actually doing less, well, I'm actually stopping seeing new patients, to be to be quite honest with you, Lindsay. i will come out with it. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm an alcoholist anonymous here and I'm sort of um, admitting something. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm stopping seeing new patients. I'm, I'm trying to build up my clinic and I've got two other surgeons at the clinic and I want to sort of build it up and be more of a, I want to get, into the systems so that we deliver a a really good service to everybody and um, and I want to have processes and systems in place and I find that it's difficult to do that and the surgery so I'm going to focus on doing that and sort of supporting the other surgeons there so so even if I'd done loads, I would, but so I haven't. And I'm, so there you go. Maybe I'll never do a breast enlargement on someone with an ideal me. But I, again, I don't think, I don't think it's a bit like, well, I don't think you need to look for a surgeon who's particularly done that before. But um, anyway, if you are looking for that, then sorry, it's, uh, it's not me. Danielle, Danielle, where you been? Where you been? Hmm, come on. Yes, I have done the tattoo. I've done the tattoo question. Uh, not a great place for a scar, Danielle, up here. Um, and the other thing is when you have squirrely italic letters, um, I think most of the tattoo can be removed in one go, but uh, the square, there's a big squirrely italic letter somewhere at one end. And I think, uh, that might not, we might not be able to get all of that out in one go. So you might end up with a scar with a bit of ink on either side. And the other thing I was saying is that it's not a great place for a scar. I don't know if you don't like the tattoo because of where it is, but, uh, the scar will be in the same place. So the other thing you might want to think about, because it's black and things, is like laser. Um, I don't know if you've thought about that. But uh, what we do at the clinic is excision, and that will leave you a big scar. So um, is it worth it? So that's something to consider. But uh, it's a doable. It's a goer, but it's not a great place for a scar. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, let's go. Seven, right, we're back on the list here. Um Seven. Do I need to bring someone with me if I have a procedure done at your see and treat clinic? I think there was more to that, wasn't there? Do I need a lift home? Um, it's a good idea. It's a good idea to bring someone with you at the see and treat, um, and you know, I think you can. It can feel a bit weak and wobbly after a local anaesthetic. You think it's all going to be fine. Obviously, you sit and have a cup of tea and you rest, and make- we make sure you're fine before you go. But I think it is a good idea to um to have a sit down and have a cup of tea and if you have got someone to bring you home I think that's nice so I think it is nice to have someone to bring you home we have had people you know get on the bus and things like that you know if you have to you have to but if you've got the option I think it is nice to have someone bring you home because you never know how you're going to react and sometimes you know you, you do feel a bit oh you know um coming to high BMI we done that look at that Seven. Oh, hold on am I going the right way I'm going the wrong way uh here we go if you oh god anyway if you have a surgery um sorry can i just go because lindsay's come back here thank you for your answer four years no issues glad it wouldn't be a problem yep lindsay good that's i think that's the thing it wouldn't be a problem four years ago so you're stable with your nutrition and everything so um absolutely uh danielle back in look at this Back in. Come on. That's what we want. Um, Daniel, I've had a laser over fire Oh, right, but it isn't working. Resulting the tattoo going raised. Ah, that's it. It's a problem. Oh, you know what, Danielle? Good point. I should have said this actually. You know, this there's, there's a certain area, and this sort of area is a certain area for keloid scarring. And that sounds like that laser is starting to scar you. If they go a bit deep with the laser, and if it's going raised, that's sort of like keloid scar, hypertrophic scar. And that, unfortunately, Danielle, that worries me because I'm thinking if we give you a scar, the scar might go raised. The whole big long scar might go raised. If you get a keloid or a hypertrophic scar, you know, it's even worse than a normal scar. So you're in a difficult place there, Danielle. And the problem I often, you know, you often find is people who have laser, then it fades it and then you can't really leave it then because it's a faded version of what it used to be. Difficult situation, Danielle. Difficult situation. I would worry that if we gave you a scar, it might make it, a little bit it might give you a hypertrophic raised scar so that is a tricky one um, question eight here now if you have a surgery that isn't as successful as you would have liked how long do you need to wait before having the surgery revised um, okay a few issues here first of all things normally start to sell around three months so three months is the absolute minimum Depends on what the problem is. If the problem is something's way off and something's like really obviously not right, you don't want to leave anyone for a long period of time like that. So you do it as soon as possible. Often you'll find things that are not quite right and you're not quite happy with it. And there's a bit of a dent or a bit of a bulge or a bit of a lump or the scars a bit this or a bit that or one nipple's a bit higher or something like that. So those situations, the longer you leave it, the better. So I would say six months, ideally a year. you know, the longer you leave it, the better. The only thing you've got to think about is that sometimes the hospitals well, always, hospitals have a revision policy. So depending on, you know, it can be six months or a year or two years of how long they will cover you for revision surgery, i.e. you don't charge charge for it. So just be aware of that because if it's like six months and you wait eight months and they say, oh yeah, okay, I'll do a revision now. Oh dear, you'll have to pay now because it's eight months. So just be aware of when your revision time is because you might not want to leave it too long um but in my view the longer you leave it the better that's why we do stuff at the clinic i always say look i'll do it anytime i'll do the revision anytime because i'd rather you leave or wait a year or two because you might not need surgery i think it's a bit of a false economy saying to people they've got to have it done within a certain apparent period of time that's my view but anyway that's when you do stuff at my clinic but if you do stuff at the hospitals we're a little bit beholden to the hospitals policies of what they um say um so now we're on question 10 I've got to keep track. I need a secretary here. I can't, can't keep track. What's going on? Danielle's done that. Rachel says, right, Tommy, me a liposuction together. If you have this done together, are you limited the amount of liposuction? You do. Not limited to the amount of liposuction, Rachel, but you're limited to the area that you can do. So I do the hips and the flanks, the side bits. Um, so I don't do um, I don't do um, the top, the top, the upper abdomen. Yeah. I don't do this bit here I do these bits here the side bits so don't do these bits so you're limited to the area that you can do but not really the amount you can do still do an amount of time, time that's just like timing time you know the time of surgery might be an issue um, if you're having a massive amount but uh, your eyes right? okay BMI high Nikki BMI high type 2 TP diabetes P cos. Is that polycystic ovaries? So difficult to lose weight on stuff. Diastasis seven centimeters. Whoa. Should I be put down? If I get BMI down, could I get abdominal Sorry, BMI high. Um no, no, should we put down? No. Um, Nikki. Um nightmare, nightmare, really tough, tough seven centimeters diastasis. I mean, that's a big diastasis, isn't it? Um, if I get BMI, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think but you, I think, and I think what you need to do is you sort of need to think of it when you're talking to surgeons about this sort of stuff. Sometimes what happens is you get into a sort of confrontational situation where you're saying, please, can you do surgery for me? And they're saying, no, you need to your, let your BMI go down and things like this. But actually, when you think about it, we're actually on the same side, you know, because all, all this stuff, you're like, you know, we want to do surgery, but we also want to get really good outcomes for our patients. And you're going to get a much better outcome um if you can get you well i don't know saying this i don't know what your bmi is but you know if your bmi is high you are going to get a much better outcome if you can get bmi down if you get your bmi down you know all the wound you know you've got so many things going for you in terms of having a wound infection you know you've got psoriatic arthritis you've got type 2 diabetes you know so um you're overweight so i think you've got a lot of issues there that and sometimes people think oh you know doctor's not being very nice because they're Doing all this, if a doctor did operate on you and you got a wound healing problem, they're not doing you a favor, you know. So it wouldn't be doing you a favor by saying, "Yeah, oh, so come on then," you know. I feel sorry and I'll and I'll operate on you because i uh, trust me, I've done it, you know. And it's just not you're not doing the you think you're doing the patient a favor, but you're not. You're not doing the patient a favor. And at the end of the day, we've got to do what's right for you, and you know. I think you will. It's a big op a tummy tuck, and when you get wound healing problems and things. It's just no. It's horrible. It's horrible for the surgeon. For goodness me, it's much more horrible for you. So yeah, I think honestly, you do need to try and lose weight. Would be a thing if if you BMI is high, particularly since you've got all those other comorbidities. You've got lots of reasons um, to get to get a complication, and you need to work closely with whoever's looking after all your other your arthritis and your and your diabetes and and uh, if it is polycystic ovaries PCOS um, and, and that. So. Um, Bit, bit bit wary of these abbreviations you know i've been caught out before with the. i was trying to catch me out use funny abbreviations all over the place um helen could you have beggar implants 12 months down the line after breast uplift implants yeah of course you can yeah no problem but um but you know if you i normally say minimize the amount of operations to your breast really. you don't want to keep on having operations to your breast so really. you can avoid it so I would say, if you were my if you were my patient, I would say, look, leave it as long as you can. See if you can live with them. Because in five or six years or 10 years, that sounds like quite a long time when I say 10 years, but in the future, you might need another operation if you get a capsid contracture or a problem. And then maybe think about changing it. But, um, you know, if you're absolutely desperate and you feel that you can't uh, live with them, I mean, you've got to think, you know, the other thing I say, when people, a lot of people say, I want to go bigger with my implants, I say, look, you've got to go either wider or fuller projection which is different and you might not be as happy with the look of it that's why we spend a lot of time getting the size and the choice of implant right first time if you get it right first time often people say they wish they've gone bigger but what they don't realize is bigger would either be wider or it'd be fuller and therefore different so just be careful what you wish for um on that so um but, it, but the, the answer is a yes as long as the implants will fit your frame uh, can pregnancy have an impact on breast implants or breast uplift? Will they need to something done afterwards? Maybe. So if you said before having surgery, I'm thinking of getting pregnant next year, we'd probably say to you, "Well, why don't you do that first and see how you go?" If you've already got implants in, or if you've already had a breast uplift, it's not a lot we can do about it because, all oh, right, okay. So I'll just see how you go. When you get pregnant, you get big, breasts get bigger, you deliver the milk, and then they get smaller again. And sometimes they can droop. Sometimes they go smaller than what they were pre-op. Sometimes they stay big. So it's unpredictable what happens after breastfeeding. It might go back to normal, and nothing might happen. You might be fine. So don't worry about it. Um, if you've had a lift, there's a risk that you might not be able to breastfeed, although usually you can. But um, but yeah, they can, and they and they can be redone afterwards. No problem at all. You've got to be a bit careful about redoing a breast lift. You've got to make sure that the surgeon, ideally, you have the same surgeon who did the breast, the first breast lift, or at least get the op note for the breast lift. Just because um if you know redo breast lift is something you've got to be a bit careful about. Nikki, thirty-nine, too high. It's too high, Nikki. That um, that BMI. I think you you know you'll have a complication if you have surgery. But I haven't got any easy answers for you because it's really tough to get that down. Um but yeah, it is polypsys to go it Okay. Can you have bigger implants twelve to eighteen months down the line after up with implants from to- have that so 225 to 360 can you go from polytech polyurethane to mentor smooth yes and yes so 275 to 360 that's not a massive difference there and um, I don't know if you're going to notice a huge difference unless there's a dramatic difference in profile um polytech to polyurethane to mentor smooth yeah mm-hmm yeah you can do that fine yep <laughs> yep no problem with that um Daniel, thanks for your feedback. Have you got any photos, examples of tattoo example of scars that you have done in the past for me to look at? Um, Danielle, the problem with photos is that we get different levels of consent of the photos. What I'll say to you, if you come to clinic and we don't charge for consultations for this sort of thing. So if you come to clinic, we'll show you photos there. But um, we haven't got, We I don't know, there might be some on the website, but some when we do photos, we say, do you mind us showing other patients? And do you mind us showing them on the website and things like that? So sometimes people might say, I'll happy for you to show other patients, but I don't want to on the website. So I'm not sure what's on the website, to be honest. I should check it, but you can have a look at that. But uh, if not, we can certainly show you when you come to the clinic. Um, and I know we've got a patient with a very similar tattoo, so we can show you that. Um, you're all the best, thank you. A few children are married now. okay. oh dear right this is a big one here oh blimey all right so people still up this time of night goodness me still up all right massive one here you ready for this hands up if you're ready for this i'm 70 years of age and i've endured large saggy painful breasts for years full breasts at age 11 and with a reduction 23 proved to be an unmitigated disaster leaving me scarred and lopsided the surgeon removed six months of my medical record to hide his mistake and the rest to show a successful two-week stay in hospital when, in fact, I was in hospital for three and a half months and outpatient for a further six months. The female line of my family all have large breasts. Mine are still large, but now also scarred and painful. One of the nipples was cobbled together so badly as a sinus, still producing mucus in surgery at the age of 23. Over the years, the NHS have been reluctant to repair the damage done by one of their own. As a single mum, I never had enough money for myself, so I lived outside... Live with these monsters all my life. I've now been able to save just enough for surgery, but I'm worried about my age and aftercare. As I live alone, am I too old? Wow, twenty-three to seventy. Wow, God, what a nightmare. Um, okay, answer to your question: No, you're not too old. Uh, we do we have operated on people in their seventies, and basically, if you're fit and um, willing, then you can have surgery. Re- As I said a minute ago, revision breast reduction is a tricky one. And revision breast reduction, when you've had all these problems with your first breast reduction, is even more tricky. So I think um, you've got to be really careful and you've got to think, you know, you've lived all this time with it. Is it worth trying to get something done about it? If you've got a sinus, that sounds terrible. Um, So it's tricky. I think you'd really have to consider whether it's worth taking on the risk of surgery uh, this long down the line, because I've got to say to you, Unfortunately, surgery can cause problems, particularly if there's a pre-existing sinus in there. You've got a high risk of getting infections, and these could be contaminated. Um, high risk of wound breakdown. You've got to again, you really need the op note. So if you ha- if you're 17, and you had it when you were 23, the chances of you getting hold of the op note are very very slim. That's good in a way because the tissue, the scar tissue, would have grown through, grown some blood supply. But you've got to be a bit careful when you do a breast reduction because we isolate the nipple on a, on a stalk of tissue, and you've got to use the same stalk of tissue, uh, the same pedicle it's called when you do the revision. So we don't really know what t- pedicle you had first time. So really tricky. And my advice would probably be erring on the side of leaving it, to be honest with you, because I think if you have a breast reduction, it might cause more problems than it treats, although there's something you could have to think about yourself. And um, But that sounds like a bit of a bit of a tricky one, that one. Can side boobs be dealt with when having a lift stroke implants? Is there more to that. Does having a lift without implants decrease the size? Good, like this question. Yes, um, to the first one. Side boobs. So, so basically, a lift um, and implants is um, one of the things it does. Obviously, it lifts the breast, gives more fullness to the breast, but it also narrows the breast because a lot of people with pe- a lot of problems with people with large breasts is they're too wide, and when you do or when I do a breast reduction. You try and maximize the tissue here, but you really empty it out laterally because you really want to l- empty out the lateral fullness and or the side boob, as you call it. So that is actually a, an integral part of the operation, making the side empty and keeping the, the medial part full. So um, yeah, that is an integral part of it. Lift without impulse, decrease the size. Really good question. I don't know what the answer is. In, in absolute terms, it shouldn't really because you only take a little bit of skin away when you do a lift, but you do take some volume away. And so you might feel that you are a little bit smaller. It's probably not going to be a cup size, but maybe a little bit smaller. Having said that, the tissue is brought up higher on your chest. So sometimes people feel bigger. So it's unpredictable what people feel about the size, but it's broadly about the same with a lift. Sometimes, you know, you do take a little bit of tissue out um, when you do it. Um, (laughs) Right. um, Right. And amongst this, I've got a question. i got a question, as I have. Looking through the comments, right? We've got a question here. Okay, got a question. all right. professional. I'm a professional. Keeping noticed. That's my professionalism. Um, Danielle, can you replace? Uh, can you replace? Yes. Yeah. No Then an implant fitted to shape. Wow, that's yeah. You know, that's a pro question. That is. That's pro. Is there something in there. That is pro. And you know what, Danielle, that's a brilliant question. That's gold star. You get the gold star for the for the best question. I shouldn't say that because all the questions, no. I'll retract that statement. They've all been brilliant. Um, they've all been brilliant. But uh, that is a really good question. And Danielle, can I link that up with another question? Uh, but I've got to try not to lose my track. Where are you? Can you breast My by liposuction? I think we've done that. I've been, oh, my Lord, what am I doing? So we've done side boobs, haven't we? So we've done it we're on to 11 but I'm going to link that with this question down here here this one how do you know if you require an uplift with your breast enlargement surgery or not so basically um breast uplift is for the shape a breast uplift a breast lift is for the shape implants are for the volume so if you say to someone what what's the problem oh it's the the shape or the volume oh it's the shape i don't like the shape of them okay. volume okay yeah the volume is okay well in that case you have a, a lift and if they say well it's actually the, the um the, the volume i don't like i'm happy with the shape i don't like the volume implants the problem is you don't like the shape and the volume <laughs> so if you uh, if your breasts are sitting low to a degree implants can take up the slack and can give give volume to the breast. At the ISAPS meeting next weekend, I'm giving a talk about this, Um, but to a degree implants can take up the slack. They don't lift your nipples. They do give projection. They don't really lift your nipples. So implants are very good at giving volume, but they're not so good at addressing the shape. So if your breasts are a little bit droopy and you have implants, they might still be a little bit droopy, but they'll be bigger. And um, we something we can go and look, show you photos in the clinic to see. You might think, well, oh, I don't want that. I don't want droopy. But I'm like, well, look, this is all photos out of a bra, in a bra, they might be fine. You might be happy with it. But you might say, look, I'm not happy with that. I don't want to be droopy. Fine, not happy with that. Fine. Then you can have a lift. The problem with the lift is it does give complications, scarring, cost, nipple problems potentially. So there are complications associated with a lift, but it does improve the shape. Now, sometimes if people say I'm happy with the volume, but I'm unhappy with the shape, then they can just have a lift. And I show the photos of a lift. The lift goes like that first and say, yeah, I'm happy with that. You are know, like, well, wait a minute. In time, gravity works on them and they settle and they get a bit less full in the upper pole. Whenever you do a lift or a reduction, it starts like that and then it settles. And it gets a little bit less full in the upper pole, a little bit empty in the upper pole. Because well, I don't want that. I don't want a bit. I want it full up here and you can't really get persistent fullness in the upper pole by just doing a lift with your own breast tissue. That's when you need implants. And so sometimes people say, well, I'm happy with the volume. I'm happy with the size, because I've just said implants are good for size. Well, I'm happy with the size, but I'm not happy with the shape, but I'm also not happy with the, I want more fullness than the lift can give. And that's where this is what people are talking about, which is taking volume out and then replacing it with an implant to give that fullness in the upper pole. That can be done. You can do that. You can take some volume out, put some, and people do do that. Put put an implant in to give you fullness in the upper hole. I don't like doing it. I don't like the concept of giving, uh, taking away breast tissue and then putting an implant in a prosthetic um, thing, you know, a foreign body to to give that shape. Although if you feel that you're really not going to be happy without that fullness up there, an implant is the best way to give you the fullness. But personally, I feel uneasy by, taking breast tissue out and then replacing it with implant. So I don't particularly like it, but it is a thing that can be done. Um, so, yeah. So that's a really good question. I hope I've given it justice there. Um, so where was that question? Was a, for example, have reduction then implant? Yeah, um, uh, I hope uh, sorry. Did you answer my question about type two diabetes? Yes, I did. I did answer the type two diabetes thing. And it's fine to have it with diabetes, but you have to make sure you're stable with it. Talk to your endocrinologist and um, what was the other thing? Um, uh, and uh, you will have a higher risk of complications, but we have to discuss that. Single surgeries or multiple? No, that's on my list. I still don't answer that yet. I've got the single surgery or multiple on the list. <laughs> Surely there'll be no questions for next week. We've done them all this week. How long on average do drains stay in for an uplift? Don't use drains for an uplift personally. Uh, Helen everyone's different but I don't I'm trying to use drains less and less these days so I don't use drains in an uplift if I did use a drain which I don't but if I did uh, I'd just leave him in overnight bring him out the next day take him out the next day uh, uh, all right good to see you Donetta, nice to see you all right it's cracking I've been here for ages Donetta. absolutely ages this has been crazy crazy tonight so question 11 where am I can cyber we have done that one Right. Do you perform liposuction to the breast with a reduction? Routinely, no. The thing about liposuction is whenever you do liposuction, you have to get the liposuction equipment out, and it's expensive. The liposuction equipment is expensive. So as soon as you open the packs of the liposuction, it's expensive. So you can do liposuction at the time of a breast reduction. Is this? Okay. Do you perform liposuction? Yeah, isn't it? Right, okay, we well, have got another question on the, on the same lines. So you can perform a liposuction at the time of a breast reduction, and that's usually laterally to the, to the side bits out here. Having said I take out the lateral fullness, I'm talking about I'm talking about the lateral fullness of the breast. So I take, obviously I've got a breast to show, but I take, I don't know if this is showing, but I take the lateral fullness of the breast. If you have side tissue here on the side, then don't, don't start, Donetta, don't start, please. Um, <laughs> um, if you have um, lateral frontal from the side chest wall, you know where the brass strap is, that's where you can do liposuction, but it is an extra cost. So it does cost more. So you can do it and it is a, an extra cost. Um, so that's liposuction at the time of a breast reduction. This question is slightly different. Can you have breast reduction by liposuction if you have fatty breast and are postmenopausal? I'm um, not sure what the postmenopausal bits for, but yes, you can have breast reduction by liposuction. Uh, uh, but the problem with it, it doesn't remove any skin. So it's really for people who aren't a candidate for a big operation, because it, cosmetically it's not very good because the people who need a breast reduction often have too much skin and their breasts are sitting low. Um, and so, um, the, if you do, if you just take volume out it'll you'll make them sit even more low. So actually it doesn't look very good. So, it's often you need to tighten that skin, which is where all that scarring comes in, which is sort of lift part of it, lift is part of the breast reduction. So you can do liposuction alone to the breast to to, to reduce the volume of the breast, but cosmetically, it never looks good. And it's only really for people with significant functional problems who can't take a big operation with all the scarring and things. (sighs) Right, question 15, how many we've got? It's 17, we're on 15, guys. We are doing well here tonight um how oh i've done that have I? how do you know if you require an update for your breast in you year done it well, i don't know well, I, right, minute, right okay 16. how long off work for tummy tuck with lipo and breast lift please um how long for, work for tummy tuck with lipo and breast lift that's a lot to have now the next question these are linked because it should we do and that's someone else said something about doing two operations um how long for um big it's a lot to have a breast lift and a tummy tuck with lipo. That's a lot to have in one go, but it's perfectly reasonable, perfectly reasonable. Um, I think I did, no, I didn't do that this afternoon. I did a similar thing this afternoon, but uh, anyway, um, I'm going to say to you, the tummy tuck is probably going to be the thing that's going to knock you back. Uh, It's a bit sore. You're a bit all bent over for a first couple of weeks. Uh, You're not going to feel like doing anything for the first couple of weeks. After the first couple of weeks, you will be able to do stuff. So you might, if you work from home and work on the computer and stuff, after a couple of weeks, you'll be doing things. I would say something like three weeks, sort of average. You know, it's hard to be too specific about everybody, but three weeks for driving. So if you drive to work, maybe after three weeks, you'll be able to drive to work. Uh, But even then, you're going to not be doing anything heavy, taking it easy, no heavy lifting, stuff like that. Nothing heavy for six weeks. So I'm going to say three weeks off, six weeks uh, and then three to six weeks would be sort of light duties or phase return. And then after six weeks, you can start lifting and things like that. But you'd only be starting, you wouldn't be feeling great about it. But you could start trying to get into stuff. Um, and then what we've got here, we've got I'm going to do this one, then i to do Joni. Uh, is it better to get done together or separate ops, please? Now that's a good question. Um, who know You know, some people have it together, some people have it separate. Doesn't mean that anyone's wrong. A lot of people want it done together because it gets it all done in one go, and your recovery is all just one recovery. So while you're recovering from the tummy tuck, your breasts are healing. Um, so I can totally understand that getting it all done in one go, but it's a lot to get in one go, it's a long operation, it's a long anesthetic. Um, you've batten and bruised, your tummy, your breast, you think, Oh my god, you do know if you're coming or going. So it is a lot to to, to, to take on, and obviously you've got potential complications of your tummy and your breast. So um it's really up, up to the patient, uh, but it is quite a common thing to do. They call it a mummy makeover when you have a tummy and a breast thing. So it is quite common to have it done in one go. There is a slight cost saving to have it done in one go because they do a discount on the cheaper procedure. It's not massive. Um, but, um, you know, so we just got to take everything into the mix. And it depends. If you just want one lot of time off, then I can understand why you want it done. But at the same time, if you can't face having it all done in one go, just have one done. And then maybe the following year have the other one done. Um, so there's yeah, no answers really on that one. Um, if you had lipo to side breasts, could you remove much at once? What I mean is, could you remove it in one go? Yes, Junie. Um, I don't know what, when you say much, have you got got loads and loads and loads, which is really for a massive weight loss person. Um, then you might have to actually cut the skin out. Then that's a massive weight loss. People, uh, again, lipo doesn't remove skin. It just removes fat. So you hope the fat recoils. So usually if there's a modest amount around the side, sort of where the bra strap is, then um, lipo will do the job. But if there is an awful lot, you might think of extending the breast reduction out and doing, um, doing an excision of that tissue. So yeah, it's a little bit worrying when you're saying how much, can, you know, can you remove a lot because there's always a, um, there's always a risk of, of the, of the, of the skin not recoiling. Um, if you had breast lipo and lift, would it be less invasive than full reduction and less cost? If you have breast lipo and lift, well, no. That's a good question, Julie, breast lipo and lift. It'll be more cost because you'd because you'd be getting the lipo equipment out. Um, so it'd be more cost than a breast reduction. And you'd be probably off, better off with just a breast reduction because if you did a breast lipo and then you would lift, then you move the nipple. You'd be moving the nipple and you'd have been liposucking the nipple. So you'd be interrupting the blood supply with the liposuction and then moving the pedicle. So I don't think that's good. It's a good question, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have breast lipo and lift. I just have a breast reduction. Um, and no, it wouldn't be less cost, uh, with type two, the di- best multiple surgery, no, um, but type two diabetes, you increase your risk of complications. So, um, so, yeah, so it'd be more risk with, with uh, type 2 diabetes. Um, but again, you'd have to weigh it up because you might say, I just want to go through this stuff once. But yeah, you're increasing your risk of complications by having two surgeries done and your diabetes. Yeah, skin as well, Junie. Well, then you're talking about a big op then if you're talking about skin as well. You're talking about an extended, um, you know, you can extend the brachioplasty down onto the lateral chest wall or there's all sorts of surgery. This is more like a massive, ba- massive weight loss type thing. So if you start moving skin, but obviously that means scars, um, big scars, big ops, big scars. Goodness me, Johanna, you are very welcome. I don't know about you, but flippin' heck, that was a monster. That was a monster. I've done my 17. I think I've done them all. I terribly, unreservedly apologize if I missed any questions because i went a little bit out of sync but that's because i've got some live questions which i love i love the live one i love the i love the non-live ones as well don't want to make people with the non-live ones feel like they're um not appreciated everyone's appreciated. thank you very much thank you very much everybody i can't believe that uh that was so busy in there um i'm gonna go <laughs> Melissa, I think you've commented, you've been a great commenter. I'm gonna give you that. You've commented an awful lot and you've contributed an awful lot. So I am grateful. I did say comment and share, didn't I? To be fair, I did ask for comments and shares. Didn't specify what sort of comments, but you know, anyway, I'll take what I can get. So um, thank you, Zoe, very kind. I will take what I can get. Good good, good to have comments. so thank you julie thank you all thank you for um asking questions and i think this is it i don't think i'll ever do another one again because i've answered every question possible this week but if i do get any questions between now and next week let me think what am i going to do i thought i was going to be on time this week to be honest but i didn't realize how to do go out and have dinner with my son he's having a bit of a, a, bit of a hard time so i'm to I'll have to go out for dinner so i hope he's all right um relax oh my god right so <laughs> i've t- I opted for individual surgery i have a it's good denise well they'll see i think that's that's not a bad idea denise to go for individual surgery to type 2 diabetes because as i say you're increasing you, you're, you're multiplying up your complication risks right In two operations and diabetes and everything i mean it does mean two recovery times but i think that's not a bad idea it may not be right for everybody but it's uh, worked out for you so that's excellent so um yeah thank you thank you all and yeah as i said there are any questions next week i'm hoping i'll be on time i have no idea what i'm doing next week um living day to day um but uh seven o'clock is what i'm supposed to be doing when when i'm supposed to be doing it and um seven o'clock next tuesday october can you believe that i can't believe it myself but it is october see you in october is it october by next week Yes, it is. 2nd of October. See you then. Please do ask questions and I will be. Look at this. Rachel, straight in. Rachel, you, you're you on a roll. I ain't quite about an arm lift with you, but I can't afford you yet. <laughs> can't afford me yet. What's that mean? That makes me sound. What, what, can't afford you yet. All right. OK, well, you know i got It's a big op in arm reduction you know it's up there with tummy tucks and things uh he a big op um but um but kuram and and uh, well Kurm's will do the arm reduction things he he he's not he's um um you know a, a, a better price you know Kuram so I don't know if they told you about Kurram, but um so Gemma, I want a second opinion on my nipple. Can I contact you please? Yeah, of course you can. Well, Gemma, yeah, I'm trying to do... Um, you can certainly contact the clinic, Gemma. Definitely, you can contact the clinic. As I say, I'm trying to sort of ratchet myself down a bit from my clinical work and sort of seeing patients. I am seeing my own patients, definitely. I'll follow up my own patients forever. I never discharge my patients. But uh, in terms of new patients, they're more going to sort of Kuram and Azam. Azam's a specialist in skin, so he's doing most of the skin work. But um, um, but, uh, Gemma, you can definitely come and I will be there. I'm there all the time, but whether it will be me, you know, um, give, give us a ring, give Lucy a ring and she'll fill you in. Are you still operating or that? Yeah. No, Danielle. I'm trying to, I am still operating, but I'm still operating on people that I, have on my patients. I'm not seeing any more new patients, Danielle. So, um, but I'm, my plan is to build the clinic up with other surgeons there and we work they work with me we work together sort of thing and um we all work to the same standard and ethics and principles and processes and that's what i'm that's my vision and goal for the clinic i want to make it uh, bigger than just me you know i want to make it a, something good and it's hard to do that while i'm operating you know it's hard to operate and build a business that is stands for something that's got processes and values behind it so that's what um that's where i'm at but um but you know Corona's a good guy because a really good guy i mean i know these guys so they're all fully trained plastic surgeons and you know then you know um right, so anyway there you go seven o'clock next week tuesday Thanks again, everybody, really grateful for everybody. I can't believe the support and the comments and everything, fantastic. Um, and I will be here at seven o'clock next week and please do ask questions on the Facebook or email or however you answer them, ask them normally. And uh, cause I'd love to uh, ask some more questions next week, but probably next week I'll be back to normal having a handful of questions and having to draw them out um like what i normally do but you never know I might, there might be some more questions out there to come and so please ask away and uh yeah there we go i'm going to sign off have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask jj we'd love to hear from you